0: Well, hey everybody, um, good to see all of you. I was um, just on Facebook a couple of minutes ago, um, just checking everything out and seeing who was on. We got a big crowd online, that's really cool. I'm so glad that you chose to, to tune, in. tune in, do we tune in anymore? I'm so glad you, you pointed your browser to wherever it is that you're watching us. You can watch us on Facebook or you can watch us on um, the Thrive website, which is thrivetulsa.com. And uh, it sounds like we had a uh, bit of an audio issue, but I think we've got that all sorted out now. So, uh, that being said, um, let me um, do a little bit of housekeeping to begin with. I want you to keep in mind that uh, we do a a worship night on Wednesdays. Pastor Dan is here, and he leads um, um, some music. So, if you need that, uh, it's here. And then Thrive Thursday, which is our virtual small group. Pastor James is here doing that. Did a great job this last week, and uh, we're just you know thrilled that we're able to have this kind of technology where we can you know still stay in contact. And I, by the way, I really appreciate the things that Dan and James have been doing, um, trying to create some more content so that you have some things to connect to. So if you uh, have a second, and uh, there's probably a bit of delay. Um, from when I'm saying this to when you're seeing it. But if you wouldn't mind uh, just kind of showing some love to Dan and James, that would be great. I would love it if you'd <laughs> click that, um, just to let them know how much you appreciate them like I do. Uh, last week, if uh, you remember, we talked about remembering. And um, the idea that with this little exercise was, was that you would remember something that God has done for you, and allow that to sustain, sustain you through you know, whatever the challenges are that you're facing now or facing in the future. And, and what, I, what I asked was for you to come up with six words, and so we called it Six Word Hope. And I would really love it, if you haven't done that yet, um, to think your way through that process again. What's something God has done for you? Try to come up with six words to describe that, and then post it somewhere with the hashtag Six Word Hope. And uh, uh, just kind of shows us that, that you're thinking through these things. And you know what? You're going to need it. Uh, we all are as, as things continue to pro- progress. So if you haven't done that, please do. We'd love to see that. You can either post it on the Thrive Church uh, Facebook page or do it on your own or Twitter or wherever you want to is, is great. And uh, well, we'd love to, to see those, those things. Today, I am going to go back to the Exodus story again, so I'm going to invite you to return with me to Exodus chapter 13. Uh, We started um, that particular chapter last time. We're going to go back there um, and pick up the story again. So, Exodus chapter 13 is where we're going to be. And and the idea, uh, or the Uh, The agenda here is that I'm going to actually read through the section and then I'm going to go back and make some comments on it. So um, let me just read through this real quick and then we um, we can learn some things from this part of the book. So I'm beginning in verse 17. Exodus chapter 13, beginning with verse 17. Here we go. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt armed for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him because Joseph had made the sons of Israel swear an oath. He had said, God will surely come to your aid, and then you must carry my bones up with you from this place. After leaving Succoth, they camped at Etham on the edge of the desert. By day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place. In front of the people. This is the word of the Lord, and we believe it. Now there's a lot of things in this passage. There's a lot of stuff that's going on in here. Um, but I want to pick out one quick note, um, something that struck me right away. Didn't notice this one before. But verse uh, 19, um, it says that Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. And if you uh, go back to Genesis chapter fifty, right at the very end, Joseph makes his brothers promise that they will take his bones from Egypt back up to Canaan. And um, that part of the story, or this particular passage here, as they're leaving Egypt, Moses takes the bones, completes this ark. So there's this ark within this, the uh, the text. Jacob and Joseph, basically the entire um, last half of, and it kind of completes this. Um, so Joseph died in Egypt, but Moses is the one who took bones. And it's interesting to me because you have to remember there's this hurried nature of 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 the departure because remember Passover has occurred, all the firstborn of Egypt has has, been, um, um, has died, essentially. Uh, Pharaoh is letting the people go and they are ready. And there's this urgency that, that God um, has given them. You'll remember that we talked about this a couple weeks ago. So even in the midst of the hurriedness, they still remembered to gather Joseph's bones and take it with them. Now, so there's kind of this collective memory, even though it's, it's faded. And they're still making good on this pro, pro, um, promise that, that, um, that their forefathers had made to Joseph. And I'm wondering something. Um, it, it struck me as I was kind of going through this, that maybe during this whole idea of sheltering in place, <laughs> um, maybe there is something you need to remember to do in order to honor someone else. I don't know what that is for you and and maybe nothing, but maybe there is um, something uh, that you need to do to honor another person. May or may not have been a promise you made or maybe it's a intention that you had and you might have a little more time um, to actually do something like that now. Now that certain distractions have been kind of cut away from our lives, you may have the opportunity to do it. And so I just encourage you to ask God about that and just say, Lord, is there some way that I can honor uh, someone else? Um, or, or is there something that I promised at one point? And uh, I'm going to let his Holy Spirit work on that with you. So let me move on. Interesting little footnote almost here in this, um, this uh, segment of... the of the story um so then um verse 17 i want you to notice this so going back to 17 when pharaoh let the people go god did not lead them on the road through the uh, philistine country though that was shorter now here's the thing this deserves some explanation and so i'm i'm going to try to put this up hopefully you'll be able to see it but the goal was to get from egypt back to canaan to what we currently call israel so i'm going to put a map up here this is a nassau map uh, this is Egypt, and you can see the Nile River here because it's green all along the river. This is the Nile River Delta. And then you've got the Sinai Peninsula, and then way up there in the corner, you're, you're going to see um, uh, where Israel is, or the land of Canaan is. And so the, the shortest route would have been this one. I hope you can see this yellow line that I have here. But it reaches all the way from here, the northern part of Mount of the Sinai Peninsula, and would take them directly up up to Israel, and and if I remember correctly, there's an actual ancient road that was there, and um, along the coast, it would have been easier because of the way the the land was actually shaped, and there was a few more inhabitants. However, there's certain amount of of sea peoples um, around the Mediterranean that started to. Um, settle this particular region, uh, kind of in that uh, northeastern corner up there in Canaan, right along, uh, along the Mediterranean coast. And they were called the, the Philistines. And so you've got this group of people that have moved from one area to this area, and they're likely not to take kindly um, to a large number of people who are trespassing on their land. And that's exactly what's happening. Um, there's a lot of debate among scholars as to how many Jews moved all at the same time, or Hebrew people, I should say, moved at the same time. Um, some estimates upwards of two million. That seems a little bit high to me, um, just because can you imagine the debris field of you know two million people moving along a particular path? Uh, but either way, you have a large number of people who are moving in mass across the landscape. And frankly, uh, if you're um, a ruler or a a local leader, you're going to be concerned about the safety of your own people. And so God leads them along a more scenic route. Here it is. Hopefully you can see that. But they didn't take the northern. They dipped way down to the south and then kind of came up and made their way um, to the northeast part of where Canaan is. So scenic route here is <laughs> uh, is a bit tongue-in-cheek. Um, you've got a lot of people who are, who are traveling a long distance. So why that route? And, and fortunately, the second part of verse 17 answers um, that question. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. Now, now this is reasonable. This is a very reasonable um assertion here is because you have a slave population. Think about that. You've got a few hundred years of, of, of bondage, and bondage is normal for them. This idea of freedom is brand new, and so if they face some type of conflict, if they face some type of resistance, there's a, a really good chance that they're going to want to turn around and go back to Egypt. And if you think about this, this is true in your own life. Whenever you start something new as well, as soon as we hit resistance, uh, unless you're a competitive person or very tenacious, you know, one of the things that you want to do is give up. And that's exactly part of human nature that God is, is trying to, to deal with. So it's very reasonable for him to to lead them in a different direction so they wouldn't necessarily face resistance or conflict from this newly populated area uh, that um, was inhabited by by Philistines, does that make sense? So keep that in mind. But then there's something else here that just strikes me as odd, and I want to point this out before we go on. Verse 18: So God led the people around by the desert um, uh, by the desert road toward the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt, ready for battle. That's just weird. I, I mean, I, I, it, it took me a while to think about it. It says ready for battle. So I looked this up, um, trying to make, make some sense of it to see if there was, this is the new international version, by the way, and part of me wondered if perhaps there was something that was lost in the translation here. And it, it can also mean not just ready for battle, but geared for battle. So they had the actual equipment for battle. They were, they were at one time not ready for war. If they face um, war, they might change their minds. And yet, when they left, they were, they were geared for it. it. It's just odd. It's, it's almost like contradictory a little bit. But it reminded me of... Um, well, to be honest, it reminds me of most seminarians. I'll, I'll be honest. They were prepared... Um, but they're not ready. (laughs) Let me see if I can explain this. Um, I remember my first pastorate up in Wisconsin, and I was by all means prepared by my seminary. However, I was not necessarily ready (laughs) because there are all kinds of things that come up that they never teach you in seminary. Let me give you a for instance. Uh, There's no class in seminary that teaches you what to do during a pandemic. There's no... (laughs) There's no class in seminary that teaches you how to do digital church or, or what that looks like or what the strategy is or any of that. So you can be prepared but not necessarily ready. And so one of the things that the seminary does is it prepares you by uh, teaching you how to study the word, uh, how to you know preach and and how to counsel and uh, any number of things. but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're ready to handle those, other types of things that keep coming up. And so that's kind of what I have in mind, I think, as we read through this. On the one hand, they were not ready for war, and yet they were prepared for it, if, if that makes some sense. You've got this thing that's going on. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt that way where you, you were prepared, but you weren't really ready? I mean, it's just this odd feeling Uh, that I think a lot of us run into. One of the places, um, or one of the, I should say, tells, or one of the pieces of evidence, or signals, let's call it that, there's a a signal that we we give when we're prepared but not ready. Um, It often comes in the phrase, this is taking forever. Now, most of you know I have a nine-year-old, and um, there's lots of times where she feels like things take forever. Uh, and, and when you're nine, I suppose they actually do. But if you're using that phrase in your own life, maybe you're trying to learn something, maybe you're, you're trying to get through an issue, or maybe, and you just feel like it's dragging on and on and on, that might be a sign that you are prepared, but not actually ready for it. And so let me just offer you a perspective on that. Um, maybe God isn't withholding something from you. Hear that again. Maybe God is not withholding something from you. He might be protecting you from something or some event. He may not be withholding. He might be protecting you. Or even better yet, he might be developing you for something else, for something more. And so sometimes when we don't you know, sense God moving or acting on our behalf, he may be in the process of developing us for something else. That's a hard lesson to learn. In fact, I, I still um, struggle with that one because I tend to like to, to do things and, and get moving and get things done and check it off the list and keep moving forward. But, but oftentimes, God's developing me for something else. And you probably have experienced that. Two, keep in mind here that this particular um, passage comes right before the parting of the Red Sea. So God is moving them along this particular path, and and this this particular section precedes the parting of the Red Sea. In fact, it starts right at. Chapter fourteen, verse one, and we see that. And the Red Sea is God's final crushing blow against Egypt. Remember, uh, a few weeks ago, I posited that the plagues that um, that Egypt experienced was God's assault on the on the gods of Egypt, on that whole pantheon. In fact, we went through each one of the plagues and and saw a, a direct assault against a particular. Uh, God within the the, the religion of, of Egypt at the time. And so here, in the Red Sea, we have this, again, crushing blow um, for a large chunk of military forces of Egypt. So think about where this is in the story. God's talking about um, them changing their mind if they have to face war, and yet they're geared for battle. And so... Immediately um, following is, is, of course, the Red Sea. And so I wonder if Israel only saw the effects of the plagues. Now now think, think this through with me. We know that they experienced the first four plagues, but beginning with the fifth and all the way to the final one, they didn't experience the effects of the plague. But they saw the effects of the plague. They didn't necessarily see God fighting for them in that way. In fact, Moses was his mouthpiece. And so, if they only seen the effects of the plague, that doesn't necessarily mean that they have any confidence. And I think they needed to see God in action. And so, God set them up, for lack of a better word, to actually see him fight on their behalf. So they may be prepared, geared for, for battle, but they weren't necessarily prepared for war. And then after the Red Sea, things changed dramatically. So keep this in mind that there's this storyline, there's this arc that's going on, and God is trying to develop them as they go along. And so it is with us. So in the meantime, between the leaving of Egypt and the Red Sea, think about this. What did God give Israel? So they leave Egypt. They're getting ready um, uh, to, to, um, to move to the promised land. We know the story of the Red Sea is coming up. And in between, what did God give Israel? Well, it's in um, uh, verse 21. By day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of of the people. Notice that the Lord went in front. The Lord went ahead. So what did God give Israel as they were leaving Egypt? Here it is. It's his presence. He, he, he gave Israel his presence in this pillar of cloud, pillar of fire. It's interesting to me that he, Israel needed that before they needed his power demonstrated at the Red Sea. Isn't that amazing? And, and we've been talking about this for, for some time. We've We've been talking about this idea of the presence of God and how we're trying to chase after that. And ultimately, that you can't have the power of God if you don't have the presence of God. And that seems so basic, and yet it's the one thing that I notice that we all struggle with. I think Pastor James was talking about this a couple weeks ago um, in uh, in his virtual small group study, in that even in spite of the distractions um that we often have being taken away during, you know, lockdown, some cities are in lockdown. Uh, others have, bans uh, bands on, on gathering and uh, I, there's a whole host of things. We're at home a whole lot more. And you would think without those distractions, we'd be Of God, and, and I'll be honest, I've struggled with it too. You know, all of us have, and yet that's a, that's exactly the thing that we need in order to have his, his power. Whatever that is for you and your set of circumstances, presence always precedes power. In fact, I would, I would even say this, that the presence of God is power. You can't have one without the other. And we see that demonstrated here. God's power at the Red Sea was preceded by his presence in the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud. Now, I know um, it feels... What's the word? I guess it feels different right now. At at the very least, it feels different, right? I mean, just life feels different. And I know that at times it can even feel depressing. Maybe the blues. Um, Maybe you're feeling a little stir crazy or cabin fever. And I'll be real interested to see if there are other terms to describe the same phenomenon that will come up out of all of this. But the thing that I, I want you to remember here is that we are part of a bigger story. You know, Israel didn't know that the parting of the Red Sea was coming. All they knew that there was God's presence and he was leading you know, from the front. He was guiding them. And so it is with us. We are part of a bigger story and what we're doing right now is just a little piece of it just a small part. Now, I think it's a shaping part. I mean, I know it's affecting a lot of college students and it's going to affect a lot of high school students and it's probably affecting people's jobs. And, and we think that it's big and it is for the moment, but in the grand scheme of things, this is just part of the story, just a piece of it. And it will shape us and mold us and guide us um, in decisions that we make later on. So every single week um when I sit down and i um, start prepping you know some type of a message, I always try to ask ask God um, very specifically um, what he wants to say and um most often that usually comes up in kind of the the message of the um, of the sermon or you know things that he wants to to point out but i have to admit that the other day when i was doing this um, i i really felt like god was saying something specific this doesn't happen very often but every now and then it, it does and i actually wrote it down in my journal and i want to i want to read this to you because i think this is really important and, and i just i said i said holy spirit what do you want to say to thrive church and I know it's the voice of God when I have to write very quickly. <laughs> and I did because I really felt like these words were just pouring out from his spirit. And here's what God God said um, from what I believe. The Lord says, I am leading. Social distance and sheltering in place have purpose. Purpose because I I make things count. Is long, keep following. I don't know what that means for you, but I know a couple of things. First of all, the Lord used present tense very specifically. It's a very present tense thing that God is leading. And this idea that God can make things count is just part of the story of redemption. This is what God does. He redeems things. He makes broken things beautiful and he, and he um, restores things and he makes things not just better, but he makes them new. And so this is just within his character is that he is leading and that there is purpose that can come out of all of this. So look, if social distancing, if sheltering in place and quarantines and all of that are disruptive to your lives, I understand that. But please, please lean into the fact that God is a God of redemption and that he'll make this count. In some way, we might not see it right now. We might not see it for months. We might not see it for, well, maybe in our lifetimes. I don't know. But the point is, is that God is God and he'll make this count in some way. And he said so. And he's demonstrated that over and over and over in his words. And so really the thing to keep following is to keep chasing after his presence in some way. Look, I don't want to guilt anybody. That's not the the point, like, oh, you're not spending enough time with God. Look, I that's not God. If you're feeling guilty about that, that's not God. But there is this sense of if you can press in, if you can chase a little bit more, carve out five minutes even to start with out of your day to just check in with God in the morning saying, Lord, what do you got cooking? What's going on? How can I join you? That may be enough. I think it is. I think God can use whatever it is that you give him. And if, you, if you're truly um, trying to seek that in your heart, I think God will honor that and uh, either speak to you or move some circumstances or give you guidance when you need it the most. Because he is leading. Um, It may not be as miraculous as a pillar of fire or a pillar of cloud, although that'd be totally cool, right? Um, But at the same time, um, there are little things that will happen during your day. You'll notice it. You just feel the prompting and try to make good on those things. So keep chasing after his presence. And that's the thing that uh, I want to leave you with um, today. I want you to understand that his presence always precedes his power. And where we are today, it's a challenge. I get it. But at the same time, he's still leading. He's still there. And he's calling us to continue to follow him even closer when times get rough. So I'm going to pray real quick, and Dan's going to come and lead uh, one last song. So, um, And then I'll I'll follow up. Jesus, thank you for your word. Um, thank you, God, that you have given us these stories that lead um, to some pretty big truths and that your character is demonstrated in that history, but it's still being demonstrated today. You are the same God, and we're so grateful for that. And I, I can imagine where people are um kids and parents who are used to being apart and now are spending even more time together, well, it it can be a little stressful. But Lord, I pray that every person would try to find just a few minutes to connect with you. And and Holy Spirit, I pray that you would honor that time um, in such a way that it would build confidence, it would build faith in every single person. so that they would trust you more and more each passing day. We often talk about wanting your power, but the truth of the matter is, without your presence, we're never going to have that. So God, in these moments, when things just feel so challenging, I pray, Lord, you'd meet us exactly where each one of us is and help us to take one more step one more step, one more step closer to you. (laughs) We may not have a promised land, a geographic location, but we do have the promise that you will never leave us nor forsake us. And so I pray, Lord, that we would begin to make that journey in earnest. God, thanks for uh, the things that you are doing. Help us to see where you're working and to join you in whatever it is that you're calling us to do. God, this is your church, and this is your world. And we just pray that you would do something great with these circumstances. Please protect us from the coronavirus, Lord. Please protect us from economic hardship. pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Certainly articulate, with a thousand turns to live one right from the north to south. feelings, I'll hold fast to what is true, the cross brings transformation, I'll make peace if I can is just a doorway, it is your resurrection.
0: Oh, God, be, be magnified. and There's a lot of stuff going on, and yet you're still on the throne, and I just pray we would press into that, each one of us, to be magnified in us, in just our thoughts and in our interactions with other people and even our sensitivity to what's going on around the world. God, you're so good, and we're so grateful, and you're good even in these set of circumstances. And pray this all in Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. All right, church, it was good to see all of you digitally, at least for a little while. A couple of quick things. First of all, um, remember, again, Wednesday's worship night. Uh, Dan will be doing one this Wednesday, and James is doing the virtual small group on Thursday. So uh, Wednesday is for worship, and Thursday is for thrive, I guess. Uh, But that's coming up. Also, please remember the Easter season is coming up, and so a couple things about that. First of all, uh, we are planning on doing some type of a Good Friday service, most likely digitally, the way things are going right now. Um, We're planning on doing that. Stay tuned for details, and then also Easter Sunday, we're trying to figure out just exactly what that looks like. Um, Obviously, we're not the only ones. Everyone's kind of uh, trying to sort through all of this stuff, but I wanted to to just remind you of those things. And then also, by the way, too, and um, we don't particularly care to talk about this all the time, but, you know, we were able to do this because of those of you who have partnered with us financially, and thank you for ordering your finances in a way to do it. We also understand that um, these types of, of, of times and circumstances uh, can be hard on people too. And so we just um, thank you if you continue to to give so we can continue to do this. We appreciate it. So um, thank you for that. And as you go into this next week, a um, couple of things. First of all, if you need help with something, make sure you call the church. Uh, we've got people ready and standing by to be able to assist you um, with uh, any you know, uh, grocery shopping or errands that you need need uh, to have accomplished, and you know, we can we can certainly help. We've got some manpower who want who want to actually serve in that way. So please keep that one in mind as well. And also, um, be watching out for your neighbors. Uh, check in on them. Check in on your church family. We need that uh, as well. Uh, hopefully uh, all the staff members and myself will be able to check in with people too this coming week just to see how you're doing. Uh, we want to be able to do that. So um, again, I, I think we're at that time in our, in our collective lives uh, where our kind of motto, our slogan, our tagline is so incredibly important, um, maybe more so now than ever before. We thrive only when others thrive too. So thanks for being here. Um, we will see you digitally speaking sometime next week. Don't forget to wash your hands and grace and peace. See you soon.